You are listening to the InspireWire Podcast, Episode 8. Welcome, Welcome to, to the InspireWire, Inspire a, a podcast, podcast where ideas are exchanged, worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the InspireWire with your host, Tom Murphy. Alright guys, welcome to episode 8 of the InspireWire. we got a great guest for you guys today. His name is Matt Karamazov. He's from the Halifax area in Canada. And what, we're gonna, what we talked about in our interview was a lot about how to take advantage of our time on Earth. And what he focuses on is he really documents his time and really takes advantage of it using what he calls godlike discipline. So, I think you guys will really like this episode, so let's go right to the interview. All right, everyone. I'm here with Matthew Karamazov, uh, what our first guest from Canada, and uh, I'm really excited to talk with him about a lot of things. Um, I I first encountered Matt uh, on one of his articles he writes for HighExistence.com, and Matt has his own website called The Godlike Discipline, where he talks about a lot of his passions and motivations, particularly involving time management and and discipline and ability to focus on what tasks you want to accomplish and how to get those done. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, but um, Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I guess to kind of introduce um, everyone to your what you do and, and what you're kind of about, maybe you could take us through um, a typical day in your shoes because from what I have learned about you so far, it's it's all about time management and really taking advantage of the time we have on have on earth exactly and I feel like you have to schedule everything else around what's really important to you uh, like your priorities and when I actually took the time to list out my priorities which is about uh, ten of them in total I started to see what wasn't important at all and what I could just eliminate without me really noticing and it feel and it's a lot of stuff that you can just get rid of and you're not not even gonna not even gonna know that it's gone right so reading's important to me so I carve out time to read uh, working out's important to me human rights activism is important to me uh, my family's important to me stuff like that if it doesn't involve one of those you know categories I'm probably not gonna schedule time for it right right so that's basically where I start with my time management. Okay. And so when you're when you're scheduling all these different things and you're really focusing on taking advantage of of everything you can do. Um, for example, you in your ebook, you have an ebook where you talk about a lot of things like you said that are important to you and how you prioritize these, these things. You obviously need a source of income. And one of the ways that you're able to, um, you know, take advantage of your time is 
you choose certain jobs where you're able to still still like pursue different things and and for example one of your jobs you're able to um to read on the job so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do as far as work mm-hmm. well every single job that i have like i can read on the job and which is why i kind of hesitate to answer both you know a typical work day because it really isn't one uh, but i, I do a few things uh, on the weekends. I mean, I just uh, just finished working the last three nights at uh, one of the bigger nightclubs in Halifax, and uh, we get about. Uh, I mean, our capacity is about 300 people. Um, Thursday we don't get that many, uh, but Friday and Saturday we do. So until it gets busy, I'm just at the front door reading a book on my phone. Okay. And then you know I'm only working for a few hours, get the bills paid, and then I just spend the rest of my time, you know, in advancing. The, the projects that are important to me, right? Right, right. So you do those nightclub jobs on the weekends, and that frees up your time um, during the week, or do you have obligations um, during the week as well? Yeah, well, I work at the one of the local hospitals as well. Um, so I do between 8 and 12-hour shifts, uh, but I work the night shift, so I don't really see too many people. Okay. okay. And, uh, so what I can do is just read for you know hours on end until I'm called upon to do something, which is you know surprisingly rare. So I can carve out seven, eight, sometimes ten hours on a Monday or Tuesday or a Wednesday night just to read. Uh, so I finished my 38th book of the year uh, just a, a few days ago, right? Just at work. Yeah, that's awesome. And and in your ebook or in a few of your emails or things like that on your website, you mentioned your goal is to um, complete, uh, finish reading 1,000 books by the time you turn 30. How is that? Um, how is that goal looking right now? Well, I just finished my 418. Okay. So that was the last one I finished. Uh, I turned 27 uh, in July, July 5th. Uh, so I. Three, three and a half years uh, to finish about 600 books. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and especially with me, I mean, I take notes on everything that I read, and my notes are separated by book and by year, you know, that are filed. Um, you know, I go over my notes and, you know, take the best ones and compile them into a single word document of the, the most important lessons I learned from each book, and on and on. So, 600 books takes a lot more time than actually just reading the words on the page. I have to, you know, process what I'm reading and stuff like that. So right. it's going to take a lot of focus. And yeah. I'm not so concerned about hitting the number 1,000. Like if, I, if I'm if i at 920 when I turn 30, I don't really care. Um, I'm going to let a few people down who are, you know, kind of hoping that I make it. But I will have read 900 and some odd books, and that's going to be okay with me because the stuff that I read is going to be is going to be worth it. You know? Yeah, you want to have you want to have a high goal so that when you're going to reach 920, because that's that's an accomplishment right there, you know. And you don't want to sacrifice um, the quality of the notes taken and things like that for the for the goal. So yeah, I think that's really cool. So what so what exactly um, brought you to this goal, and what what really um, came to you and 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 motivated you to start this um, 
path to reading all these books? Well, I never really started reading seriously until my early 20s. Uh, I remember my first uh, first book that I've ever finished front to back. I feel, I mean, obviously I've read books before I turned 20, but this was one that I really felt like I read every single word on every single page all the way through, really got it. It was uh, Crime and Punishment by uh, Dostoevsky. Okay. And it, it was kind of formative in that, you know, you have this main character who has this, you know, moral, you know, moral crisis in conscience about whether he should, you know, whether it's, it's right for him to commit an injustice in order to, you know, help others. Uh, and he kind of separates the world into some, in people who kind of stand back and watch things happen and the ones that actually go for it. And, uh, and that was the first book I ever read. And then, you know, when those lessons started to sink in, I just got really excited about having like a completed, you know, a completed book and just that you could learn something from someone who has been dead for a hundred years. And then there was another book in particular uh, that came way later. I think it was like 200 something. Um, it's, uh, it's called The Happiness of Pursuit by Chris Gillibo. And uh, if you know who he is, he's the, uh, he's now I, this changes all the time because new countries are, are added. Uh, but uh, he was one of the first people to visit every single country on earth. That was some sort of like, like a quest, he says, that he set out for himself. So his book, The Happiness of Pursuit, is about uh, his own personal quest to visit all these all these countries. And he didn't have a, any sort of time constraint, I don't think. Uh, but his idea is that you know people should have or should consider having some sort of quest of their own. Right. And it could be anything, but it should be something that stretches you. Uh, that's going to take a long time. and I mean, not an inordinate amount of time, but should be longer than a weekend. Right. And you're going to be a completely different person by the time you finish. And you think that maybe this <laughs> this reading um, is part of your quest because what you're doing is you're retaining um, the stories and knowledge from so many other authors and people. Um, is that is that part of your quest, or what, what do you see your quest as being? Well, absolutely, and I mean, I'm going to be a completely different person by the time I finish my 1,000th book. Right. Just like I'm a completely different person now than after I read that first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I definitely have seen myself change in, at, from different, you know, periods of time where you, you experience different things, and and there's all different there's all different ways we change but uh yeah that's really cool that i'm i'm definitely starting to read more when i was in college uh i read because i had to and it, and it wasn't the same for me but there was definitely books where that kind of changed my perspective on reading but like you say in your ebook and and on your website it's it's really just an invaluable resource because you're experiencing the life lessons of other writers, uh, and you're able to do that in a short amount of time, which is crazy. Absolutely, and I feel like the best books are the ones that, you know, you look up after reading it, and you know everything's changed. You know, you don't see anything the same way. Yeah, I I totally agree. And they're kind of like you know I always liken them to uh, puzzle pieces. You know, and like there are certain books that are you know, more monumental than others. And they kind of 
frame everything in a completely different way. They're kind of like edge pieces, right? And then you kind of don't even know how many edge pieces there are because there are hundreds and hundreds of these monumental works that are going to just expand everything that you think you know. And then, you know, the puzzle just gets bigger and bigger as you're filling in all these books, all these books. And uh, then you start to, to kind of realize you have no idea how big this puzzle is. And it's just this, you know, fantastic, fantastic adventure. You know, it really is a quest, just like uh, Chris Gillibo said. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, that's, and that's really interesting. And so as far as your any other ways that you know any other things that really have changed your life um can you describe maybe one experience that you've kind of uh talked about on your ebook which was your experience as a boxer and you were a you did boxing professionally at one time is that correct uh no no i was never a professional oh okay all right um (laughs) but you were able to box in russia was that the point of your trip or uh no no okay. uh, I, was there for, I was there for school all right it was more or less a, a study abroad program and when i got there i was pretty heavy into boxing and so i started looking up uh, boxing clubs that were in town and so i was living in st petersburg a uh, city of five million so i knew there had to be some around uh so i went exploring and uh i found some and so i had three fights when i was over there uh, I got my nose broken in the third one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I even won one of them. So. Wow. So you just went out looking because you had been training. And uh, and how was that experience um, as far as not only in Russia, but the fact that, you know, you're in a different country and you're, and you're I don't know, it was it's just a whole, whole different experience to be uh, boxing in another country. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever get a chance to visit a Russian hospital, don't. It's uh, terrifying beyond belief. Uh, my surgery on my nose was just like a steel rod that they pushed up my nose, and the doctor just pushed <laughs> until he got it more or less straight again. I wouldn't recommend anyone go through that. Wow. So you just woke up. Did you just wake up and you had a steel rod, or or did they not use uh, anesthesiology? Not once did I hear the Russian word for anesthetic. Not once. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it only took a few minutes. It was maybe 20 minutes, but you know, it wasn't fun. And the worst part is the referee stopped the fight. I was winning on all the scorecards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. But it was funny. The, uh, I went to the, I went to the, it was a specialist hospital that I had to go to. And uh, it was closed when I got there. Um, so I couldn't get my nose fixed the night of my fight. And uh, this was in the heavyweight division, so I mean the guy hit pretty hard. And my nose was all to the side. So I had to wait until the morning. Uh, and this was a Saturday, I believe. And uh, so we just decided to go out drinking, which, which was a lot of fun instead of just kind of moping around at home, which yeah. I could have. Right. But in the morning, we uh, we uh, headed out to the specialist hospital. It was, it was open and kind of made a day of it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's interesting. So and you mentioned the you hearing the word anesthetic. So that means so you had a did you have a background of knowing Russian or I know you said that uh in your ebook that you studied Russian studies. So 
Um, is that from your background knowing uh, Russian? Yeah, so it was part of the um, study abroad program of the Russian Studies Department. Um, so it was all Russian students that went over. Uh, but I wasn't the best student at all. I was probably near the bottom. Um, and so and he may have even said anesthetic, and maybe I just didn't understand. So uh, so no, I wasn't. Uh, but I, well, I was listening for it. Okay, yeah. So, so you have a basic understanding of Russian. Do you know any other languages or... Um, did you pick up any other languages in any of your travels or anything like that? It took a year of Arabic, but, um, and not a bunch of it, not, not too much of it stuck. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it was, I was still kind of learning Russian at the same time. So learning those two pretty complex languages at once just wasn't a good idea. So I yeah. felt like I was further along in my Russian. So I kind of dropped Arabic for a while, and I'm still learning Russian too, so I have to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try and pick up Arabic again for uh, for quite a few years. Yeah. So have you, um, when you were in Russia, was that your longest trip um, in another country, or have you, have you done a, a lot of traveling? Yeah, that was pretty much the longest trip. Um, the, uh, I guess the next longest was my, um, my human rights work in India, uh, but I mean that was only for about three weeks. I was living in uh, the northeast, okay. uh, northeast mountains of India, working for Human Rights Watch, uh, or working on their behalf. Sorry, um, oh. but uh, but no. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and I think I remember you saying something about that in your ebook about being an Indian and ex experiencing a totally different world, and I'm sure that is quite the experience. Well, absolutely. It was like the first time that I've ever seen someone, you know, literally starving to death with my own eyes, you know, and it, which was, you know, interesting for lack of a better word. Right. You know, you see these things on, on TV, you see lots of these, you know, you know, these white people holding these small, you know, African children who are like 50 pounds underweight. But, like, I've been across the street, like, I was driving in a car, and I looked out, and I saw that, like, across the street. This kid maybe a few years younger than me, yeah. and about 60 pounds underweight. Yeah. And, like, that was the first time I've ever seen that. It was just, it was shocking. And that's one of the, what that trip was kind of one of the things that really driven home your uh, passion for, you know, uh, human rights and um, and different organizations were you able to to volunteer for and give back to? Yeah, pretty much. It was probably the last time I complained I complained about anything either. Yeah, I'm sure that puts everything into perspective for sure. I mean, I haven't been I haven't been to India or I haven't been in a situation where I've seen something like that that really totally changes your perspective. But I'm sure. Um, that is one that sticks in your mind, but well, it really does. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm drinking a cup of coffee right now, and you know, it costs more than like two billion people make in an entire day of hard labor. You right. know, like 2.7 billion people live on less than two dollars a day. You know, and that's what, and that's adjusted for purchasing power. Like that's what two dollars could buy you in a country like U.S. or Canada. And I just, you know, drive up in my little car 
into a, a little window, and they just hand me this cup of coffee for more than for more money than these people make in an entire day. You know, like rummaging around in a trash heap. Yeah, you know, I think about that most days, right? Yeah, that's I I totally agree. That's that's crazy. Um, it, it it's totally uh it, it changes your perspective just like the like when you finish reading a a really really good book it it changes your view you just you're totally different um uh, and was I guess uh another question would be kind of relating to that was there a moment in time that like because you said you started really reading a lot in your early 20s was there a moment in time where you really changed your shift um your mindset and you really thought i need to take advantage of this time and i need to reprioritize the way i'm living yes but it wasn't a singular moment okay um basically all these unread books kept piling up and like every time I, I, I hear of something else, uh, like another book that I want to read, it goes on my list. And that list of books that I want to get to is currently about 40 pages long. And I look at it every once in a while, and that just makes me immediately rush for a book and just pick it up. Right? It's, you kind of like, you realize there is no more time. You have to do it now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's something that everybody can relate to because a lot of us have tons of interests, tons of things we want to accomplish. There's all these different um, things we'd like to do. And the one limiting factor, obviously, is time. So um, that's something that I know I can relate to. But... Yeah. I feel like most people can, if they stop to even realize you know, like how busy they are and how much of a disease that it is, really. You know, you're, you're letting other people steal your life away, you know, without even realizing it. And, like, you know, people will get furious if you stole their possessions, but you let people steal your time without even thinking. It's just, it's backwards. It's completely backwards. Yeah, trading trading time. You're, what we're doing now is we're trading our time, our most valuable asset, for a piece of paper that we can used to purchase an object that may or like that we think will bring us something that really isn't much you know mm. and i mean you you've read all the same books that i have or at least yeah. uh, the you know sheldon solomon type books exactly you know how much of it is just a you know just a, a desperate grab for kind of this symbolic immortality right exactly you, know, you don't even you don't even really need it exactly um yeah, what Matt was just saying was kind of a lot of my research in college um, and my, I, I took a lot of psychology courses and what they talk about is a specific theory that focuses on the fact that people, what they're, a lot of what we're looking for is an idea that we're going to live on, we're going to, death isn't a limiting factor, we can still live on through objects through our through something that we've accomplished um through through different things when in real when in reality well we don't know what will happen after we die but there's but what we do know is that what we can do now is take advantage of our time and it's tough because a lot of people are 
instead of taking advantage of their time, they're they're doing things that are counter counterproductive. So that was a bad uh, that was a bad uh, explanation, but that was kind of the gist of what we uh, of that point. I don't know. No, absolutely. It's this it's this basic fear of people in general that's you know they're ceasing to exist, right? There's this kind of like desperate grab for like anything that kind of convinces themselves, even on a subconscious level, which is how most of it operates, that they aren't going to die, that they aren't, that they are going to live on, you know, if not through themselves, literally in some sort of afterlife, then, you know, by some sort of reputation by the people that will remember them. And there was a part of me that used to thought that, think that was kind of, you know, pathetic, but then now I'm kind of, you know, I have a more compassionate view about it. You know, it's just, you know, how how people are. It's like this, you know, basic existential fear that you're never really going to get rid of. And you kind of have to not just tolerate people who suffer from it because, you know, like 100% of people do. But you really kind of, you know, have to have to work with them. You know, have to kind of, I mean, maybe it sounds too soft from a, a nightclub bouncer, but you have to kind of love them through it, you know? Yeah, and and you can't really blame someone for doing something that brings them that comfort because if they're not able to get over the the fear that fear of death then it's it's really hard because you're either gonna face that and 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 live in that terror or you're gonna have gonna use this comfort to avoid that and and it's difficult to kind of say oh you're a coward because everybody is afraid um, on some level or everybody's thinking about it. So, um, Well, courage doesn't exist without fear. Like if, if there was no fear, then there would be no courage, right? Right, exactly. So, so kind of what you've, what you've channeled is this awareness of, yeah, there's, that's the clock is ticking and, and you've really uh, focused your time and, and all your effort into um, taking advantage of that time, which is really admirable. And 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 I think, and what your ebook does is kind of say, you can accomplish this, this, and this. These are your goals with the discipline to do that. And and if you really focus on that, um, there are, there are no limits to what you can really accomplish. Um, which I think is a really good message. Um, so as far as um, like what you d- decided, um, like what what made you decide to write this uh, book about discipline in, in particular? Like what, what about this discipline um, is the real, the motivating factor for you? Well, I just I feel like it's so foundational. Like you have to get discipline right if you want anything else to happen. You know, without self-discipline, is kind of the the base upon which you build everything else. So, like if you, if you want to basically do anything, you know, and you don't have the you know the the skills or the well the self-discipline to stick to it, then it's just never going to happen. So you can be the smartest person in the world, smartest, strongest, you know, most well-connected person ever. But if you don't, you know, sit down, you know, dedicate yourself to this deep work, then, you know, it's just not going to happen. 
basically there's nothing else that I can really think of that is more important than self-discipline at a foundational level, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and one thing you also, um, you know, harp on is, and we, and we talked about it a little bit was you kind of need to, um, take a break and not be so busy. And that's one thing that a lot of people now, it just, it gets even more busy and it kind of gets confused because you know, you want to maximize your potential, but you also have to take a step back and be like, I need to refocus. I need to get balanced. And, and you talk about meditation as one way to do that. How, how has that been effective for you? Well, I feel like it's, it's the one time in my day when I don't have to do anything. And of course I don't, I mean, I never have to do anything, but it's like, I can sit there, you know, focus on my own breath and I don't have anywhere to be, you know, I, I don't have anywhere to go. I have no obligations. I just sit there and sit and breathe and it's regenerative and it's just, it focuses the mind like nothing else. So in the same way that, you know, at the gym, you have to have rest periods and you have to sleep every night. You have to, you know, rest and you know, recuperate during the day. You know, you, you kind of reach this point of diminishing returns where if you keep, you know, driving yourself day after day after day and you don't regenerate during the day, uh, then you're just going to become less effective over time. And that's just what's happening. See, most, uh, like most traffic accidents happen to me in the uh, early afternoons when people are coming down off their, uh, you know, their coffee highs, right? Yeah. You know, it's the less focused part of the day, and people are, you know, getting killed on the roads because uh, they just don't, you know, focus their mind. They don't uh, take enough, you know, care of their mental health in order to even stay alive, and that's that's just crazy to me, you know. And they're going to the jobs that they don't even don't even like going to. It's, it's madness. Yeah, it, it is. It is puzzling um, to see someone who you know, has this time and, and is in a job where they know they aren't really satisfied, but they can justify it based on a number of factors. Yeah. Um, I and, feel like time is kind of like a credit card in that, you know, you, you can just, if you use it all the time without checking your balance, you have no idea really how much you've spent. You yeah. know, it's, it's one of those things you can just keep handing over your card, you know, handing over your time. And, you know, you just, it's going to slip away and then you get your statement at the end of the month or, you know, your, like basically your time statement at the end of your life and you see where you've actually spent it. And it, you know, and that's why there's this huge debt problem, you know, people yeah. just don't know where their time is going. And that's really the first step in planning it in the future is knowing where it's being spent already. It, again, it's just one of those foundational things that you have to get right. Yeah, so that's part of your process is what you do is you kind of say, all right, the, these are um, the blocks of time that I'm spending and these are the ways, these are the different areas where I could take advantage of. And I'm sure job is a huge one of them. Like you said, you're able to choose a job that you're able to maximize the potential, like really maximize the what that time can do for you while on the job. And that and can be done for all of your hours. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I track where my hours go already, you know, and I, I just, 
you know, I, I base my entire life around what I what I'm moving towards, right? And it's so conscious, it's so deliberate that you know, as long as you keep up with the discipline, and it is a discipline, then you just can't help but moving forward. And one of my favorite sayings from uh, Socrates, and of course he never wrote this down, Socrates never wrote anything, but you, you find it in Plato's dialogues. Somebody asked him how you get to Mount Olympus, and uh, he said, just make sure every step you take is in that direction. You know, and I think that's, that's just one of the best pieces of, of, of advice that you can give to anyone. You know, if you want to get anywhere, just make sure every step you take is in that direction. You know? Yeah, that's definitely true. And and it sounds so simple, but it's it works <laughs> if you just one little step at a time. Um, but yeah, so I feel like a lot of people just forget about it, right? Which is why writing things down for me is so helpful. You know, I have, you know lists on everything. You know, I mean, not just how many books I've read, but you know, I mean, I track calories and protein, uh, protein expenses, uh, where my time's going. Uh, I even track how many hours I spend um, devoted to each of my priorities throughout the day. Okay. So, you know, my human rights work, you know, if I work on it for two hours, you know, I record that I wrote, you know, on April 30th, I worked for two hours on, you know, my nonprofit or stuff like that. You know, and yesterday I spent an hour and a half at the gym. You know, I, I write it down right. and I keep it in a space that I'm going to look at it. Like it's no, there's no point in writing it down if you're never going to look at it again. Yeah, it needs um, to be accessible. To be yeah, it. it just has to be in front of your face all the time, or else you're just going to forget. You know, your life's going to go on, and then you're just, you're just going to be busy with other things. And that's not a, a failure uh, in in most people. It's just how it works. So you have to kind of be conscious and deliberately, you know, train yourself. It is, it is a training. Uh, if you just leave yourself to your own devices, you're going to naturally kind of, kind of drift into, into entropy, right? You have to focus your effort intentionally and keep bringing yourself back. Like I'm not perfect on every single one of my habits that I try to, uh, try to maintain, but I just keep bringing myself back to them again and again. And eventually over time, I just get better and better. And there's no, there's never going to be a point where, you know, I do everything that I need to do every single day, every single day of the week at all times. Like I'm never going to finish everything that I need to do perfectly in order to move myself at the fastest possible rate. But it's the ideal, you know, toward which you can strive. Right. And it's all in the striving. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And, so, and you talked about moving a, one step at a time into your direction. So, what is your, you know, your long-term future goals? Like, what you're doing now is taking advantage of of your time. You're, you know, you're staying in shape. You're reading. You're you're gaining more knowledge. And and where where do you see where have you um seeing like where this where your life's headed long term well i have fairly specific uh goals for that respect um you know i have a, a police application uh, in as well uh so that's that's one of the things that i feel will you know be a big part of my life going forward right uh but i also have my uh, non that i started called the volunteer incentives program 
mm-hmm. uh, where volunteers, uh, basically, if you volunteer anywhere, uh, you can track your hours, uh, and it's based on the honor system. Uh, so you track your hours, and then uh, if you if you log a certain number of hours, uh, you become eligible for discounts on you know different uh, businesses and stuff like that. So you're basically getting rewarded for for, for doing the volunteer work that you do anyways. And so I'm kind of in the startup phases of that. Uh, after I uh, so after I kind of get going, that's going to be a big part of my life as well. And then reading will never stop being a part of my life. Same with uh, same with training, right? And same with kind of you know greedily enjoying my friends. Yeah, too. It, it's one of those you know one of those rare places where greed actually works. Yeah, I mean you know? we're social animals. We need that social connection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and those are your 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 kind of goals right now, and you're kind of just continuing to just continuing to maximize your potential and. Maybe continue your website and and your article writing. Um, you you have you write articles on your own website and you also uh, do a little bit with the high existence. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's starting to be that there's just so many things that I want to fit in. And it's kind of with my reading list. You know, you start to realize that there's so many things. You know, you you have to drop a few things before you can even you know think about getting all the stuff that you want to do. So, I mean, I'm running a nonprofit. It's going to take a lot of my time. You know, being a police officer, working four nights a week, it's going to take a lot of my time. And so you kind of have to be really focused. Uh, but, I mean, not just that. I have other, you know, kind of small, not smaller, but, you know, I'd love to work for uh, or with um, Elon Musk or somebody like that. Right. Who's like, just work with the people that are, you know, literally changing the world, right? Exactly, yeah. And and that one, all like, being able to work on someone who's creating something or or changing the world, like you're saying, um, that's another way. I mean, you're going to be learning, like someone who's such an expert at what they do, um, that is is like having a book in real life, and you're able to learn right there, interactive. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. That's definitely a great goal. And I mean, as you get better, your life gets better. You know, so it's just. And it's a daily discipline, you know, you have to maximize every single day because you don't know how many days you have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like you were saying, like when you're reading a book or, or you learn something new, you keep opening and broadening your perspective and that's only going to make you want to do more. And, uh, but, you know, there's only so much we can do and so we've got to keep prioritizing and and, and taking advantage, um, I've definitely thought about all the all the ways I can, um, you know, take advantage. And and I've always I've been caught up in certain limitations and and thinking about oh, uh, I maybe I should just stick to this, even though maybe it's not something I want to do. I've I've always fall victim to maybe not being like, well, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing at this right moment. Um, so I need to do what I should be doing. Um, but you kind of have to remind yourself, is this what I, is this the step in the right direction? And if it's not, then you need to change and got to keep reminding myself. Absolutely. And it's all, it's all just about keeping it right in front of your face. If you kind of let this stuff kind of drift in the background, you're never going to, 
never going to be able to focus on it, right? It's never going to be a part of your life unless you schedule everything else around it. You have to take what's most important to you and schedule that first. You don't make time for the gym. You don't make time for reading. You schedule your workouts and then you organize your the rest of your life around that or whatever takes the place of workouts you know, in, in that person's life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I really think what your mentality and kind of how you carry yourself is really inspirational and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, you know, how and how you think about things and and um, I think it's something that we all deep down we know we want but we got to have to really focus really like we said like take give your mind a chance to really take a step back and then refocus and realize this is what I want. This is what I'm feeling and this is why and things like that. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much for having me. It was, uh, it was delightful. And um, for people who want to learn more about Matt and what he's doing or want to uh, learn about the things he's taking part in, you can go to it's thegodlikediscipline.com. Uh, no, no, the uh, just Godlike Discipline, and then uh, I'm also one of the contributing writers to High Existence. Okay. And on either site, you can find links to the Volunteer Incentive Program. Uh, so if you're a volunteer anywhere, uh, you can sign up, track your hours, and you can just basically get free stuff just for doing the volunteer work you're doing anyways. And then uh, I'll mention a little plug as well. Uh, part of the discount that you receive is taken and uh, donated to Doctors Without Borders. Uh, so we're making a big push uh, to raise a bunch of money for them as well. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. All right, nice. And you can also download his ebook and and donate to Doctors Without Borders from there, from his website. Um, and you also support the Human Rights Watch. Can you donate yeah. to that? or? Human Rights Watch, uh, that was uh, one of my uh, main focuses in India. Uh, put on a, a non-profit event for them. Okay. I don't do too much for them right now other than kind of spreading awareness of what they're focusing on because uh, they highlight human rights abuses around the world and my newsletter um, kind of spreads their ideas as well as Amnesty International as well. They're a, a phenomenally powerful group. Uh, basically, whenever anyone... Anyone, anywhere around the world who feels like, you know, they're alone, uh, Amnesty International's job is to find them and convince them that they're not. You know, so I really support them uh, quite a bit. Okay, sounds good. So definitely check him out. Um, he's got lists of books you need to read or books that he's read that he really recommends and all and a lot of different things that you can check out. So definitely do that. And thanks again, Matt, for joining us. Absolutely. I'm always uh, I'm always happy to talk about books. All right. All right. See you. Thanks, Tom. All right, everyone. That was our interview with Matt. I thought it was a great interview. I learned a ton. And he is someone who's really inspiring because he's someone who is really taking advantage of all the time he has and you can see how much of his day it takes up to try to plan everything 
Uh, he documents all of his time, everything he puts in his body, all his hours. He even um, he even mentions in his ebook that he documents his great memories that he's able to look back on, which I think is really cool. And it's something to strive for, to really focus on what you really care about and then make an effort to execute those things. So it's just something to think about. I thought it was really cool. He's got a bunch of links um, uh, to his website, to the uh, multiple initiatives that he has. So you'll be able to access all of that stuff um, in my show notes page, uh, which is on my website. So definitely check that out. Uh, if you want more information about what we were talking about uh, with regards to the fear of death and how that really affects uh, what we do and what we believe, it's a really fascinating topic and I encourage you guys to reach out to me about it because it's one of my passions and uh, I even wrote like a decent sized paper on uh, topics related to that uh, that were more related to the environment but um, I will post a few selections that you guys can check out on the show notes page so definitely look at that and um, yeah so um, really the message is take advantage of your time assess take a step back meditate just think about what really matters to you at that moment and then start making small steps in the direction of that goal so really inspirational stuff from Matt I appreciate him okay now for story time this is a very unique story and it's even more interesting because it is something that is very recent um, in the span of like 48 hours this story has happened and it's and it's and it's directly related to me so Sunday night I was recording the interview with Matt and uh, during that time I had a headache and um, it was it I think I slept funny to be honest on my on my I think I had too many pillows under my head but I had a bad headache and neck pain. And then Monday, I started having some numbness and um, not being able to. And my eye felt really big um, and just kind of swollen. And, and I didn't know what was going on. I, I was getting kind of numb on specifically my left side of my face. And so... It turned out that, and, and then this morning, it was extremely noticeable. I noticed that the entire left side of my face, I couldn't move it with uh, just raising my eyebrows, smiling, or closing my eyelids. So I, <laughs> I called the doctor, and it turns out what I had... What, what I have is Bell's palsy, which is 
the temporary uh, paralysis of one side of your face because there are there are two facial nerves that are connected to your facial tissue and facial muscles and those um, and those control all the motor functions in your face and apparently it can be caused by a bunch of things but I think it's caused by for me uh, one of the possibilities is a ruptured blood vessel in in your in some some area I think it it, it had to do with the way I was sleeping but it's also called caused by viral infections and possibly Lyme disease and uh, but I don't have any tick bites so um, apparently it goes away in a few days um, to a few weeks but this could be an issue uh, especially because I my voice is like slurred because half my lip is like n unresponsive so we'll see I don't know if we're gonna be able to record another podcast this weekend um, I'm really hoping it gets better in a few days instead of a few weeks because I'm trying to, you know, get these episodes out. And I got some f a few guests coming up that are really, really cool. So um, that's just the wild, the, a crazy story for you guys. Just, that just goes to show crazy stories are happening all the time. And I hope you think it's interesting. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine. And hopefully my voice is back to normal. Um, so that's our show. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time. Hopefully next week.